Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh, clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Look, y'all know we harp on it a lot. You need a good pair of binos. Yeah, I never hunted with binos until I was almost into my 20s. I never did it when I was a teenager or anything like that. Or when I was a kid, we never had binos. And when I bought my first pair of Vortex binos, the first binos I ever purchased back in like 2015, it immediately made a huge difference for me, especially in the turkey woods. So give yourself the advantage of a good pair of binos this spring, whether you're looking for more of like an entry-level bino like the Vortex Diamondbacks or something really, really nice like the Razors. Vortex is going to have something for you. And hey, don't pay full price for it. Use our discount code at eurooptic.com. Use the code SGN10 to get a discount on any Vortex optics that you want to order. Again, that's eurooptic.com, code SGN10 to go get a discount on any Vortex product you order. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoors Podcast. Got Jacob Myers over here, the Turkey Slayer. How you doing, Jacob? Well, I wish we would have done this podcast before this morning. I was, I was doing excellent, ah. and then this morning happened. <laughs> yeah, man, we got some stuff to talk about. It it feels good to be back behind the microphone. Um, we've had a eventful turkey season so far. Um, we both killed turkeys on the same day. Some biggins, some biggins too. Some nice turkeys. Uh, how do we want to get into this? How, how do we want to start this off? So, um, we were, we were hunted, we hunted together a lot leading up to the public land opener and was the public land opener last weekend? April 1st. Yeah. Last Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So last Saturday. Yeah. And, and that's when we split up cause you mm-hmm. went to some public and I stayed on the hunting club. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was, dude, I was fitting in every, every hunt I could, bro. Um, our baby's due date was April 3rd. So it was on Monday. And uh, I was able to kill a turkey on April 2nd. <laughs> Just in the nick of time. She was born on the 4th. Mm. So. Cutting it close. Cutting it close. Cut, cutting it close. <laughs> Drink you another one, bro. Drink, yeah, for real. Drinking water today. Um, but yeah, so a little update for everybody. Uh, me and Tiffany welcomed our little daughter into the world last week. Woo! Piper June, baby. <laughs> yeah. So Piper June was born. Everything went very, very smoothly. She's a cute little baby. She's an easy little baby. She doesn't cry very much. Andrew she, says that right now. It's she sleeps real days. hard. Dude, she sleeps so hard that I think I could take her turkey hunting for real. Like sitting in a blind or something. I mean, you saw it today. Yep. It had dogs barking. People. I mean, just, and she's out. I mean, she is out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, that was a great experience. Shout out, uh, shout out to the doctor at Brookwood. Dr. Aldred, uh, who who uh, actually delivered her, he's actually a podcast listener. That is so funny. I know. <laughs> OBGYN was a, or the doctor was a is a podcast listener. Funny enough. Yes, sir. So yeah, he uh, he got to deliver. Oh, actually, he didn't really get to deliver her. I mean, she kind of came so fast. He was like running down the hall trying to make it, but he didn't quite make it. <laughs> you know, it, it happens. You know, it's like you know, you get little bubble guts sometimes in the morning, especially if you're deer hunting up in the sand. Sometimes you don't make it down, dude. <laughs> Yeah, so man, it was, that you want to talk about an experience? That was that was quite the experience. So, anyways, this isn't a a, a childcare podcast, but uh, yeah, just wanted to kind of update all the listeners, man. This is a, a heck of an experience. So I appreciate all the encouragement that I got from everybody. We we had I had a lot of guys write into me like you know just being like, hey man, this is gonna be awesome. Like it's gonna be a great experience. That kind of stuff. So I, I appreciate everybody who wrote in and and told me that. Um, it was an awesome experience, so it's going really good, and, and we got her just laying outside with Mama right now, yep. hanging out while we're recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, how, how do you want to get into the turkey hunt stuff? So, so we, so a little background. So this episode, guys, is me and Andrew on here, kind of talking about some uh, interesting things we've learned, and uh, just had some experience and some crazy hunts. Um, kind of, you know, some came together, some didn't, but 
um, we were able to double on this past Sunday, which was April the 2nd. Um, so April 1st was the public land opener. Andrew's in a hunting club. So the whole opening of Alabama season, which was uh, March 25th, we've been on Andrew's hunting club, had some close encounters, maybe, you know, rush some stuff. You know, we didn't take, you know, Matt Ryan's um, uh, advice advice to slow down. Or I guess we well we really didn't talk to him until yeah we didn't talk to that kind of had already happened that's our but, excuse but we we ran into quite a few turkeys like you know head butted a couple um, just not with some TSS so um, for the opener we decided to split up and actually I wasn't able to get out uh, really early on uh, the public land opener I, I had to do a little uh, kind of mid morning hunt and and ran into some uh, ran into a hen and everything and Andrew I think did you get to go out that Saturday. So, no, actually, Friday. So, again, Tiffany's due date was on Monday. Uh, and and this is like, we're talking the weekend. like This is the weekend before. S- Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday. So, th- this day. is the last day of April, and or the last day of March, and her due date was April 3rd. So, it was that Friday. Me and Tiffany went out for an evening hunt because, you know, she's like wanting to get walking oh, and everything, kind of get things yeah. going, you know, because uh, that can like help induce labor. And so, I was like, you want to go turkey hunting? <laughs> she was like, sure. So, we go out to the club for an evening hunt slash roosting thing, and uh, we go to an area that you and I hunting earlier that week. We had been hearing some turkeys back in this big drainage system, and it's the steepest part of the entire hunting club. Uh, the The ridges kind of go down towards this big creek bottom, like the main creek that runs through the whole club, and then drop off pretty dramatically. And since opening day, we'd been hearing some faint gobbles from that direction. And so I was thinking that they're probably right there just over the lip where it drops into that creek bottom uh, where they're kind of hard to hear. So me and Tiffany go easing down in there. And I haven't punched in that far yet because at first, kind of like what Lyle Gilbert talked about, the turkeys were on the roads, literally on the roads. Very close to all access points. Yeah, I mean, there was no reason to go that far in. There's probably still turkeys way back in there on that creek. But a lot of them, there were so many close to the roads that there was really no reason. Yeah, Andrew's blessed. His hunting club has a lot of turkeys. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Which is kind of funny because, like, you saw them a little bit during tur- like during deer season, like, you know, had them on camera and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's a bunch There's of them. There's a lot of gobblers. There's a bunch of them. And uh, so at, at, over the last week, we put so much pressure on those birds because me and you hunted, like, four days in a row. Like, I'm going before work. And just even if I'm hunting until, like, 8 a.m., I'm still, like, going before work that week. And there was... We have a, a sign-out board on the club where you go and you sign your name, like, when you sign out. And so you can see, like, who's on the club, what days. And there was at least two other people besides me every single day for, like, six days in a row hunting that club. Jim, so, Jim that, that old Jim boy. wearing them out. Wearing them out. Yeah. I heard through the grapevine that Jim killed one. Mm-hmm. So, And then another guy killed one, and I've killed one now. So there's at least three of them are dead. But there's still there's still yeah, some there, out there. There's 24 left. That's all good. <laughs> Something like that. And uh, so after this uh, week of pressure, I feel like there's not as many right up on the roads like there was, like earlier in the season. Even just a week of pressure, I think, kind of pushed them off a little bit. That and like you know, I think some of them probably got killed uh, that I don't know about. That's very possible. And so me and Tiffany go walking in there for an evening hunt. I mean, we get we get in there, like, decently far. And I'm like, man, if she, like, legit goes into labor back here, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> I didn't think about that until we were all the way back in there because I can't get my truck to that spot. And I'm like, eh. Yeah, I was going to say, Andrew, you have to play catcher right then. Yeah, it would have been, been interesting. But I brought the little turkey chair for her that's really comfortable to sit in. And we just 
we set up on this ridge point that goes down into the main creek bottom. And the ridge point is very, very steep off the front of it. So, like, very steep. It, it drops off, and it is, like, almost straight down. And I was telling her, I'm like, this is a good spot because those turkeys like the steep faces, but they also like that creek bottom, and we've been hearing them in there. And I think they're going to walk up onto this hill and then pitch off and go uh, into a roost tree. And so I do some calling and everything, and really nothing happens until like 30 minutes before dark. And then we hear some some hens cutting up behind us. So we're kind of sitting off the edge of the ridge point. We're not sitting right on top. And these hens are like right on top, like on the tip top of the ridge. And they start cutting and yelping and doing all kinds of stuff. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, you hear that? You hear that? Those turkeys. And she's like all wide-eyed because these hens are getting like really close. They're like 30 yards from us. And uh, to make a long story short, like the the hens came up and they got 30 yards from us. And they were just standing there looking around. And then to my left, what I'm pretty sure was a gobbler started coming up where I initially thought a turkey was going to come from. And I was facing that direction with the gun at first, like all the whole time we were sitting there. But then when those hens started coming up, I faced them, which this is the second time I've gotten burned doing this, by the way, where some hens start coming and I turn towards the hens. Cause I'm like, maybe they got a gobbler with them. Mm-hmm. And then a gobbler comes from where I wanted the gobbler to come from. So the, where, I, where you've been hunting mm-hmm. the turkey that I wounded and then killed a month later. That's what happened with him. There were some turkeys coming from, further away and i switched and faced that way and he came up through the saddle behind me and i swung on him shot him in the butt cheek as he was flying away um so those hens were right there and i was like looking out of the corner of my eye like you know you don't want to turn your head and you're like looking as far to the left as you possibly can with your eyes straining and i can just like see a shape down there i'm like okay it's a turkey and i could hear it walking up from a long ways and uh i'm like sitting there i'm like what do i do because i'm trying to see if it'll go behind a tree where i can like just move my head and look at it and as i'm thinking about what i'm going to do it flies up into a tree and i'm like okay then the hens do the same thing so the hens walk up and they fly up into a tree and actually i I didn't hear the hens fly those two hens there was another hen further up the valley that i heard fly up but tiffany's like what do we do and i'm like we're just gonna sit here until it gets a little bit darker and then we're gonna ease out and then we we get up and we start easing out and we bumped one of those hens off, which I don't care. I'll bump a hen off. Or I don't care, man. As long as I'm not bumping the gobbler, I'm like, yeah, let's get rid of these hens, man. I'll be back here tomorrow. They'll, they'll be vocal in the morning. They'll be vocal in the morning, bust up the flock. Um, Saturday morning, it was like real rainy and Tiffany's like, you know, sore and everything, getting very, very close. And so we don't, uh, we don't go hunt Saturday. And uh, I'm like, hey, depending on how you feel, like, do you mind if I go Sunday morning? And she's like, no, that's fine. So Sunday morning, I wake up, and she said she wanted to go too. And I wake up at 4 o'clock on Sunday. I'm like, hey, you want to go? Like, get up, let's get dressed. And she was just like, no, not having it. And I was like, okay. 4 o'clock, man. I wish I was on some private land. Yeah. <laughs> I, was sitting, I was sitting at the gate at 410. <laughs> that's an hour drive, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, I got out there, and I basically went to the same location, but I hung back a little bit further. Uh, from where they, but I still, I set up in a spot where if there was a turkey in the exact same tree that I was set up really good to kill that turkey. And, um, like how far, like how, this, like this, uh, this, this comes into a factor at what I dealt with this morning. So, oh, like how, like, like how close did you want to get a potential that rooster? Not to where he can see me. So not within a hundred yards. Cause even a hundred yards, like these aren't very thick woods, but they're not very open woods, but a hundred yards, like you got to think about when you get in a tree stand, how far you can see. And then think if you got like 
10 feet higher how far you could see, you know? And that's how high that turkey is. So I'm like, I want to hang back far enough where he, like, definitely can't see me. So in that situation, it was like 120-ish yards from where he roosted before. So I, I get set up and I get settled before daylight and uh, Sam was out there. Sam and Blakely were hunting out there in a different area, and he texted me that they were set up. And I was like, hey, they should start gobbling here in a minute. It was five-something. And I, like, set my phone down on the ground, and one gobbled. And he was actually on the other side of the ridge, like, over the over the lip of the ridge, down on, like, the steepest steep part on the whole ridge. Probably the steepest part of the whole club. He was off that side. And he was gobbling, like, so clear that I'm like, can he see me? He was maybe a hundred yards, um, and he he was like gobbling away from me, gobbling towards me, and I was trying to pinpoint like what tree he was in, and eventually I was like, okay, I don't think he can see this general area that I'm at, so I crawl across a little logging road and get on the lip of the hill, like facing down towards him, and I don't make a call or anything. I don't like to call at him in the tree or, or whatever. Especially because no, note, note taken. I still note taken because I still especially when they're that close. Because I'm like I don't know what he can see. Like I think I know where he is, but I don't. I don't really know what he can see. Yeah, not the jump ahead guys. They got a great story. Oh yeah, it, this, yeah. Rel- hindsight is twenty twenty. Because uh, I mean, again, you think about it. Like he's basically in a tree stand. You know, he's got a really good vantage point, so I don't want to call at him when he's got such a good vantage point. Like, there's situations where I might call at him in a tree, but as a general rule of thumb, like, if I just got a turkey goblin, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like 100-something yards from I'm pretty close, and there's no hens, like, messing with him or anything, I ain't calling to him till he hits the ground, you know? Mm. Mm. <laughs> so I, I crawl up, and I make sure I got, like, a really good hide, and... uh I wait until his gobbles are on the ground. And you can tell, like, he gobbled, like, once. I'm like, I think he's on the ground. And I let him gobble, like, two more times. Because he was gobbling good, like, on his own. Uh, no, Not even at crows or anything, just gobbling on his own. And that's the kind of turkey where I'm like, this turkey's in trouble. And uh, he gets on the ground. I call at him, and he gobbles at me. So I'm like, all right, here we go. I start getting loose. <laughs> Click that safety off. Make sure my red dot's turned on. I'm like, here we go. And uh, the hill freaking i mean dude it it drops off so steep where like if he comes up he i mean by the time i see his head he'll probably be like 20 yards so i'm like trying to like really be on my p's and q's and like be ready and he ends up getting on like this little knob right there this very subtle little knob that you can't see on the map and he would not come off of it he he sat there and he gobbled and he gobbled to the point where i considered just standing up and, like, seeing if I could shoot him. Because, like, he was that close. Like, I think, looking back, after walking back through that spot after I actually did kill him, and I because I wanted to see what he was doing, I could have probably stood up and walked 10 yards and popped up over the hill and shot him. But, I mean, he was just right there. And then there's some hens that start yelping. And they're, like, 60 yards to my left. And they're in the exact same spot that me and Tiffany bumped the hens out of two nights earlier. So they're in the exact spot. And he's gobbling at them. They're doing, like, the softest little tree yelps, like legit tree yelps. And Again, note taken. So they're, they're like, I mean, just so soft. And he's gobbling at them, gobbling at them, and they won't do anything. And I'm like, crap, what am I going to do? So I get out my box call, and I gobble at him. And, dude, he loses it. He triple gobbles back at me. I mean, like, going at it, I'm like, woo. And I, I really think he's about to pop. Like, literally at any moment, he could pop up. He's that close. And 
I, I have my safety off and everything. Like, he's, you know when they get close enough and they gobble and you can, like, hear, like, the drum in their chest? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah it happened to him this morning. Yeah. So, like, he gobbles and you can, like, hear, like, the deepness, like the... It's like the rattle. Like, like, like the <laughs> base of their chest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds different when they're that close. I mean, he's, like, right there. And I look over, I hear something, I hear wings, and I look over, and the freaking hens are jumping from tree to tree towards that turkey. So they didn't fly down, they're freaking yeah. limb hopping over to Dude, them. You, you start chunking rocks? <laughs> I thought about like, it. Get, I'm like, get out of here! Get out of here! I'm like waving my hand. <laughs> so they're tree hopping so, over, and then I hear something walking up behind me. I'm like, oh crap. Because now I'm thinking he swung behind me, because there's a saddle right behind oh, me. I'm yeah. like, he's swinging behind me. I got chills. And so I cut my head like as far over to the right as I can. And just as I look over, I see a hen pop up right there. And she's like 12 yards behind me. And she's standing there looking around. And I'm like waiting to make sure another turkey's not with her. And then I'm like, okay, I don't think there's another turkey with her. And so then I turn my body and I freaking wave at her. I'm like, get out of here. Get. You know? <laughs> did, she, did she putt? Yeah, she putted. <laughs> she, she clucked and she ran off. And I'm like, that's fine. Okay, I'm good. Because he's still gobbling the whole time. He gobbled at her, like, clucking dude, and putting dude, and stuff. this is insane. Okay. So I don't know this story. You ain't helping yeah, me. Yeah, I, I ain't told you nothing. It gets crazier. So um, he keeps gobbling, and then eventually those hens get to it. When I did that, the other hens who are still in the tree, they definitely saw me because they're, like, in plain view of me. And, and they're tree hopping. They're tree hopping. Like, they're, like monkeys they're going through like, the tree. Like a squirrel. You know how a squirrel like, will go timbering? That is hilarious. Dude, these hens are doing that. that and is, they're just jumping from tree to tree. That's and I'm so like, crazy. Golly. And so he ke- he keeps doing his thing. And this plays out for like 40 minutes, roughly. Like I'm I'm hurting like bad because I'm like contorted in this weird position. And I'm just holding it for as long as I can. And there was two or three times dude, where he gobbled so close where I'm like, I don't understand how I'm not seeing this turkey like. He should be right here. I'm like peeking my head over the gun, like trying to see if I can like see like the crown of his head or tail fan or something. Or, yeah, I'm expecting to see a tail fan, nothing. And then the hens pitch down the the hens who were limb hopping, but they pitch down in the direct opposite way from him. And when they do that, he freaking double gobbles at them. So they pitch off and they fly the other way. He's like, "Baby, where are you going?" <laughs> you know. And uh, and then he goes quiet. And so I call a little bit, and he doesn't respond to me. I'm like, okay, he's probably walking that way. And then he gobbles, and he's walking directly at them. So he's walking the side of this very, very steep slope now. The way that the logging road goes is it goes right on top of the ridge, and then it goes straight down the point of that ridge. And I mean straight down. It is super steep. So I come off my tree, and I run to the back side of the ridge. So I'm opposite side of the ridge from him. And I I start I don't run because Matt Ryan you know our podcast with him I'm like slow down so I go easing around the back side of the ridge and he's on one side you know on one face I'm on the other face and I'm going to where I'm going to cut him off and oh I'm like, towards the tip of the ridge yeah we're going towards the tip and I'm going to beat him to the tip and sit there and I'm just going to let him and his hens walk by me so I get to the point of that ridge and I slide up on this pine tree and I call and I don't hear anything. And so I'm like, well, let me just sit here for a second and see what happens. And then I hear a hen yelping to my right and the turkey should be to my right. Okay. So I hear you're, on the, you're on the left side. Yeah. He's on, they're on the right side. Yeah. And I hear a hen yelping like close. I mean, just old freaking raspy hen yelp too. Okay. Like, yeah. yelp, yelp. Dude, I mean, I, the, the hens I've heard recently, they, they sound dude, terrible. Dude. It makes it gives me way more confidence. Colin. I know, right? Way more confidence. So at this point, I've been using the, the my mouth call a little bit, my uh, my slate, 
And so th- this hen end up, ends up walking out like 15 yards from me and crosses. And she was the only turkey that crossed. And so I'm like, man, what the heck? And I sit there for maybe 10 or 15 more minutes. And uh, I'm like, I'm going to see if I can just get them to gobble. So I get out my box call and I just do like six, like real sharp, loud yells. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Over and over again. Do like six of them. And he gobbles, and now he's to my left below me. So where the hen had walked to, I'd caught the last hen in the group. Oh. So he linked up with the hens, and he I'd probably missed him by two minutes. And he got over there. So I'm like, crap. I'm like, what am I going to do now? So I called and he gobbled at it. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to sit here and see if he comes back. And, uh, like, I don't know how many minutes passed. Nothing happens. And so I'm like, okay, what do I do now? So I did it again on the box call. And he hammered it again. And again, I'm in the same exact situation. Now it's an even steeper slope. It's like almost a freaking bluff. I mean, it is straight down. And he gobbles, and I'm like, he is like right there. I mean, he's right over the lip of that. So I take my turkey vest off, and I crawl and get a little bit closer to the lip of that hill. And I'm just sitting there like listening. And I am I did that to give myself like a better shooting lane where if he came wrapping around the ridge, like, I would have a good shooting lane. Because where I was sitting, like, I didn't really, I couldn't shoot, like, 40 yards. And uh, so I got to where I could shoot to 40 yards, and I'm sitting there listening. And he gobbles on his own maybe two times. And it's still, he's, like, freaking right there. I'm like, dang it. Like, I got my binos out, and I'm, like, glassing hard. Because I'm thinking he's, like, standing here, and I just can't see him. And he's, like, behind some brush. And I can't see anything. And then I start hearing all this scratching. I'm hearing scratching, like, all down the hill from me and again it, it feels like it is right in front of me and i just can't see it and i'm like i can't understand why well come to find out they were just down that the side of that ridge and i mean it is so steep and they were on the steepest part of the steepest ridge on the entire hunting club and fast forward a little bit he gobbles like four times and he's like staying in that area and so i take my box calling my shotgun and I crawl a little bit more to where I can see like all the way down the ridge and I still don't see him and then I get the box call out and I just call again and he gobbles again and he's still to my left but I can still hear him scratching and I get I gave it a couple minutes and one of the hens had started yelping at me and I think that one of those hens like wanted to come check me out or something because they, they started working back my direction. So they had been working left around the ridge. Now they started working back right, like where they'd already been. And basically the hens all walked out with him in the middle. There's four hens, and he's just walking with them. All the hens are scratching, and he's just walking around looking. And I freaking, he was at like 30 yards. And I'm like talking, dude, I was like this. I was aiming straight down. Almost like you're shooting, you know, say you're 25 foot up and stand shooting your bow at a deer at 20 yards. From yes, you. for like, real. That's like, what it was like, dude. It's like if you had a shotgun and you were standing straight up and you wanted to like try to shoot your toe off, like that's what it felt like. I was aiming like straight down this hill. And I shot and dude, he, I body punched the crap out of him. Like, I don't even know how I did that, but. A body punched him, and he went sailing all the way down to the bottom of that hill. And, dude, I, like, I, you've never been with me when I've killed a turkey. When I kill a turkey, dude, I charge at them like, like, dude, like a war party. I'm talking about, like, I run at them as fast as I can because I just want to get on them, you know. I don't want to, like, get up and run off or anything. And so I go tearing down this hill, dude, and I'm, like, having to, like, run into trees to keep from, like, going end over end. And, uh, 
I'm like running and it's so steep that I could go down it so fast. I'm basically just falling off the edge of this hill. I'm like running through the middle of his hens. Like after <laughs> after I shoot, you know, like so the hens are like, whoa, what was that? And I'm like, they see me like tearing down the hill. <laughs> They're just like flying away. Oh. And I, yeah, dude, I get to the bottom. He went all the way to the bottom in the creek before I got on him. And he's flopping around and going crazy and everything. And I get on his head and uh, he's he's on his back and he's like kicking his legs or whatever. And I'm like waiting for his legs to slow down. And then I like grab one of his legs so I can look at a spurt. And dude, I'm talking about it's a good one, son. It's my best turkey ever. So inch and a half spurs. And I like I stopped his legs and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> dude, it was it was crazy. Oh, I was. It was a good hunt. So man. when you say he sailed, like you shot him and he like got air in his wings? Yes. So when I shot, he jumped and like he didn't fly or anything, but it was like how, you know, sometimes you shoot a turkey and they jump and start flopping. Well, he did that and the, the hill was so steep that when he jumped, he literally fell off the side of the hill and like got air up underneath him. And uh, he just crashed. I mean, he was dead. It was like a super lethal shot, but... um yeah, dude, it was that was kind of the hunt. I mean, the steepest part of the steepest part of the ridge. It was crazy. I've never even like had an encounter with a turkey in a spot like that. And so I got I got a bunch of videos of it. I'm gonna make like a short little hunt breakdown for the YouTube channel, and uh, like be able to actually show people like where it, how it went down and like how steep it was and and whatnot. Um, but man, I was gonna get that bird mounted because he was a big old bodied bird and inch and a half spurs. Like for me, that's a giant turkey. Yeah, I mean, that, like, I've never come close to inch and a half spurs. And uh, I've, I, the biggest I've shot is inch and a quarter. And uh, and the inch and a quarter bird, I wish I'd mounted. And, yeah, I shot this one with an inch and a half. And I thought about mounting him, but I body punched him in a, in a way where it, like, knocked off several of his primary wing feathers and then knocked out three of his tail fan feathers. Um, I don't know if the shot did that or, like, how he violently tumbled down this hill. But I went and picked him all up. But I don't know. It I ended up uh, giving it to turkeys for tomorrow, like the carcass, after I breasted him out. Because uh, Devin Duncan texted me. He's like, hey, you need to mount that bird. And I was like, I want to, but this and that. And he said, just keep the feet and the head and, uh, and like, whatever else I want in the beard. Uh, and then kill another gobbler that you don't mess up as bad. You know, you get a clean shot on and just mount that gobbler with this gobbler's, like, spurs and everything. So I got all that stuff in the freezer, so I think I might do that. Um, but dude, that, and two days later had a baby. So photo finish, <laughs> you know, so now we're getting adjusted with the baby and everything. So I'm going to be getting back out this weekend and, and towards the end of the month. But, um, dude, it was a, it was a picture perfect hunt. It was, crazy. it was, it was cool, man. And it was fun. Cause it was kind of like the only hunt where it was like just me. Cause I've been hunting with either you, mm-hmm. Tiffany or Sam, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be hunting with you again and, and Sam and Mike. So I'm gonna bring Mike out. Um, so it was kind of nice because part of turkey hunting that I love so much is like, it's kind of like I'm a little kid again and I'm like literally just crawling around in the woods, you know, like doing whatever I want, like literally crawling on this turkey. Like I, I find that part like the most fun. So it was, it was like the perfect hunt, dude. I couldn't ask for a better hunt. So that, that, there's some interesting points there that I wouldn't have thought about. Like, cause one issue I've had, and we'll talk about this is like when to move on a turkey. Mm. And it's like, you just explain some stuff there that I'm like, I don't know if I would have done that. I think I would have sat there and just waited. And then, but I, now what? <laughs> it's because like, I guess it takes some experience to understand like how to go about moving on turkey, when to move, how to move, you know, 
taking consideration of what can be seen, you know, are are you visible? Can they see you from how you're trying to get into a better position? And it's not not talking about like bushwhacking turkey and just crawling in a shot, but like just getting into a better spot that gives you a better opportunity to call him or get his attention. Yeah. Um, especially when he's distracted with a bunch of hens like that. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that was the thing too is I was trying to get ahead of them because um, like – it, it became clear that if I was going to kill the turkey, I was going to have to call like the hens into me. And so what I was trying to do is get in front of him and either just have him walk by or uh, be able to call those hens to a spot that kind of already wanted to go. So I kind of look at it the same way as a gobbler. Like it's easier to call him to a spot he kind of already wants to go to. So if you already know, if you think he's heading for that like logging pad and you beat him there, like it's infinitely easier to call him in. And so when I crawled over, I thought I was getting ahead of them again, but I kept, like, missing the mark because, I, I don't know, I was going too slow, I guess. And I thought I was going to get ahead of them. And when I called, he gobbled, and they were already to my left, so they would already passed me. But that hen started yelping back at me, like, pretty aggressive. And so I just had some exchanges with her. On the box call, too. On the box call. Which is interesting. Because, like, just last week I was like, I've never killed a turkey that, using a box that's call. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But, dude, that box call was what he liked. I mean, that's the only thing he was responding to. And uh, now, it's not like I called these turkeys like 300 yards to me or even 100 yards. When I called and they started yelping, they were like, they walked maybe 30 yards to get to where I could see them. Like, maybe. I mean, they were they were like right there. So I crawled and got like right on top of them. And I think the calling that I did, I had to get that close to them just for them to be like, okay, she's like right here, you know, and then they, they kind of, I don't know, just meandered back my direction just enough where I was able to get a shot. Um, but yeah, dude, that was, that was a super challenging hunt. So what is, what is some like, impre- like important takeaways that you learned from that experience? <sighs> One of the things was probably the, that steep slope thing. Um, Cause that's not the first time I've had luck on a steep slope like that. Uh, but also just, just hanging in there and actually firing up a hen and getting her to come to you uh, and and tracking kind of their path of travel. So the interesting part is they started, there's no good way to show this on a map, I guess, but like they started on a steep part of the ridge and they flew down. And if you can picture like a ridge and there's like a band of really steep stuff around it, like just a certain elevation band is like very, very steep. They flew down onto that band and they stayed on that band and they walked around it and they didn't go up into the, they didn't go down into the bottom. They didn't go up on top where it was flat and they didn't even go up or down on the hill to like a slight, you know, bench or like relief in the terrain. They stayed on the steepest spot and just followed it around like it was a little yellow brick road. So that was, that was different. That was kind of interesting. And the other thing is it's been pretty windy and that day it was pretty windy and uh, I don't know if this has something to do with it or not, but they were in that really steep stuff. And where he was gobbling from, if you were like 250 yards from him, like I don't know if you'd be able to hear him, especially on a windy day like that. Uh, so that's another reason that I kind of went in there on a hunch. And so that kind of confirmed it for me. I'm like, okay, they were in here in these conditions. Like I'm, I'm wondering if I'm going to start seeing more of a pattern. So it's kind of something I'm putting in my brain. And I'm going to keep paying attention to is like that steep stuff that, you know, maybe on open a day we heard like one really faint gobble down there. It's like, I wonder if that was a turkey in that spot. 
and we just didn't really follow up on it. But I wonder if he gobbled like 10 more times and we just missed him because you like really would have to be listening close on like a calm morning to hear it. So getting in after the turkeys that I don't think anybody else is, is getting to on that club, I think that was part of it. So Yeah, no, that's uh, it's interesting. I mean, my hunt – on the same day was was kind of interesting too because again being in public land um was was did you have any other takeaways from that hunt no that was that was pretty much it dude it was, it was a good hunt got to see sam and blakely out there got to show them the turkey um and then you i think that morning i texted you maybe before daylight and then i think you tried to call me at some you tried to call me at some point when i was like on this turkey mm-hmm. and i think i texted you no you i think you you texted me or you answered no, like, i didn't answer the phone okay like, like the whole okay. time i was i was like hey i got a turkey 40 yards yeah, from yeah that's right or i think i said like i'm all over this bird mm-hmm. or something like that and that was the only thing i said to you and then i called you after i shot it and you kind of explained to me what you had going on and uh I'll let you get into like into your story, but I remember you explained to me like kind of your morning to that point, and I was like, dude, just hang in there with them. Like you're you're in there, just hang with them and see what happens, and and that's exactly what you did. Yeah, so I went to some public the same day when you were on your club, and I'd gone out there the day before uh, the opening day, but I couldn't get out there until like ten o'clock, and you can only hunt till one o'clock on public uh, this year, and uh, went to a spot that. I hadn't gone, I, I have deer hunted that this one area, but it has a lot of those finger ridges, like in the video that we uh, did about the gobbling zones. Um, you know, these little finger points dropping down to a, a nice creek bottom that makes for, you know, great spots for a gobbler kind of go spend some time right there and, and get one of these little points or these little saddles and, and kind of gobble and project his, you know, vocalizations in a bunch of different directions. So I was going in to kind of... S- scout it slash you know hunt it and i ran to i ran to a hen uh on one of the little logging roads going back in there and uh long story short nothing really happened but i was planning to go back to the same gate the next morning so i got out there and i, I was coming down the road um and it was like i don't know four like just after four o'clock and it's one of these gates that you can kind of see from the like the road that you're driving through mm-hmm. and i saw tail lights already there like at when I was driving through, I was like, oh, all right. Break. But I was like, okay, it's no problem. Cause I was actually debating that versus going to a spot I had, again, deer hunted and scouted in the fall and ran to a whole group of gobblers during deer season. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like a big thermal hub. It's a pretty nasty, steep stuff. And uh, it's pretty far back in there. I'm like, man, it's far enough back that I don't think people are going to hear them if they're gobbling and people are on the road, like the main, like one of those mm-hmm. roads drive through. I don't think you can hear them from back there. And I'm like, it's good enough terrain and, and habitat, like nice hardwoods and everything. Uh, mix of ponds that I'm like, you know, if I can get in there and I can hear one, I might be able to have it all to myself. Um, so I got to that little gate at like probably 4.15 or something like that. Second I pull in, I back up, I get out of the truck, and I'm like trying to unload my, some of my stuff. And I uh, had a, had another tr- car roll by, and uh, they just, they just kind of kept going, and they actually pulled off the other side of the road. So not in front of me, but they went down – you know, probably three, four hundred yards. There's another, there's another like secondary road kind of coming off. They took a left and went down there and parked, you know, a few hundred yards out in the woods. Mm-hmm. And they were going to hunt like a different creek bottom. I'm like, okay, okay, cool. So I'm like, man, you know, it's early, but like, I need, I need to get in. Like, I need to like climb some elevation, get in there so I can listen and like get far enough back in that, like, you know, nobody, nobody sees me at my truck. Nobody's going to talk to me because oh, I, yeah. I don't want to talk. I don't, I don't want anybody coming in there, but hey, man, where are you going to go? And, you know, we were thought about going back in there too. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just gonna get in there. Yeah. So, oh, that dude been there, done yeah. that. Uh, I don't want to communicate with anybody. That's just my thing. <laughs> um, so, anyways, got my stuff loaded up, 
started walking in. I mean, again, early. It's like 4.30 probably. And uh, got to my listening spot um, on this, like, little food plot. And I just kind of sat there. And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to get in. Again, getting in super early. I'm just going to chill out and just, like, see what I can hear kind of in and around this area. You have a bunch of kind of different finger points and, and ridges dropping down to this area. Mm-hmm. And uh, got, got set up and was just listening. I mean, I was sitting there for a long time. I mean, probably close to an hour. Um, and it got around 5.45, and you could hear people hoot Allen way down below. <laughs> I mean, really? Dude, like, I, I don't, <laughs> when, when, when turkey season comes in, I don't think, I don't think owls hoot. Hey, I haven't heard an owl on my club yet, by the way. Listen, I'm, I'm just saying, I, well, that's interesting. But, like, when turkey season comes in, if I hear an owl, if I hear, I can, I'm like, that is a that is a hoot owl call. That is <laughs> that is somebody ripping a hoot <laughs> tube. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, just, like, like so, like, it's so distinct. Like, you can distinguish it so easy from, like, mm-hmm. half a mile away, someone ripping one down the road. Yep. And um, I'm like, and you can just hear people. Every because I was you know up in elevation, you could hear by down below me just hoot out. Oh, that's hilarious! Early, I mean early, like four, four five forty five, which is like like dark, uh, right? Pretty much. I mean, it's like the sky has a color. Like, it's not legal light, but the sky has a little bit of color to it, as in like it's not pitch black. Like you can see like daylight's coming, but yeah. it ain't coming. You know, it ain't here. Soon. No, yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, no turkeys gobble. At least like anywhere I could hear, and I could hear for a long ways. And uh, got to like six o'clock, nothing. You can still hear people hoot Allen and just, you know, doing all that kind of stuff down below me and stuff. And uh, it got to like 610, and I hear a gobble back down the creek drainage, back towards the truck. And I watched this little log road in, and I'm like, huh. Well, that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's back there, kind of about on the road. And uh, I'm like, okay, cool. And I kind of take note of it, but it was, it was such a random gobble. And like I could only hear like part of it, like I couldn't, like you could hear it, but it wasn't like, oh, he's right there. Yeah. And I kind of pulled the map. I'm like, I don't know where he's at. I was kind of doing what Matt Ryan said uh, said in the podcast about pull your onyx up and drop a pin where you think he's gobbling from. And yep. Kind of mark those roost sites. I couldn't tell. I'm like, he's somewhere down in there. And I didn't even drop a pin on. Him. Um, and plus he's again back towards the pressure. So I'm like, I'm not even gonna go towards that turkey. And then maybe a couple more minutes goes by. It gets to like six fifteen, and I hear. Ah, right up in like down up in front of me up the ridge from me and uh it sounded like it was probably at the time I'm, i was thinking like and i think it's pretty accurate like 250 yards or so yeah gobbled, and he was gobbling at me and i'm like oh yeah i'm like all right cool drop the pin i'm, I'm like nice. all right sweet and then a couple more minutes goes behind it bye, he gobbles again and then another one gobbles further past him way up above me in gobbles like in the real steep stuff yeah like real steep stuff he gobbles and I'm like, okay, cool. And I looked at my maps. I'm like, perfect little secondary ridge point up there. I'm like, got to be where he's at. Drop a pin there. Then another one gobbles a little bit further to my right. So I'm got, I got three different birds right there in front of me gobbling. Nice. Got pins marked. And they're all within like 350 yards of each other. That's a good feeling. Oh, yeah. It felt good because I'm like, all right, nobody between me and where the turkeys are at. Yeah. Let me just tell you that. Because you got options. You ain't, you ain't coming in from the top. Yeah. So, um, well, I guess you could, but God bless you. Um. So rappel down. I uh, just have have fun with it. Have fun with it. Rappel sure, down out of have, a helicopter. Have, have life insurance. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, sweet. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling good. But the problem is, and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, and it's a tiny little food plot I'm on, or just like below. And I'm like, oh crap! Like it starts getting, you know, it's getting good light now. And they they gobbled a few more times. They probably gobbled all three of them. Probably gobbled 
a total of probably like 10 to 15 times, like eat, like not each, but like between the three. Mm-hmm. I heard a couple other gobbles, like kind of random gobbles to my left, to my right, but kind of faint, like yeah. far away. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not in the game for those, but like, you know, nice to know there's some other birds out here. And uh, I was like, crap, like it starts getting light. And I'm like, I start, gli- I, I don't want, well, I, I got to start taking my binos. I didn't have binos with me. And I'm looking and it's like pine trees all in front of me, like big pines on the other side of this little food plot. And I'm like, and they're big, and they're, like, thinned. And if there's understory, but I'm like, if there's a turkey roost, like, especially the one that I thought was closer. Yeah. I'm like, he might could see me. I mean, I can see 250 yards right now. Yeah. Like, into these pines. And I'm like, oh, like, this isn't good. And I started getting a little nervous. I'm like, well, what do I do? Because I ain't called. I ain't done nothing. And I'm like, if he comes down to me, I'm not in a great spot to try to kill him in this one area. Plus, well, anyways, so when they flew down, like fly downtown, like six thirty, six forty, um, no more gobbles. Like just shut up. And uh, I'm like, well, I gotta do something. Like I gotta get. I'm, I was thinking, I'm like, this is second day of season. Someone's probably been to this gate day one, mm-hmm. and I don't need to call them from like the roadside. I need to get up and above them and kind of get on the backside and nice. call to them. Nice. So good call. Well, I was like, okay, well let's make a move. So I get up and I don't go twenty yards up the little logging road, like getting towards the little food plot. I looked to the left, and you can see where a guy had sat there the day before. Oh, really? Like right on the edge of the food plot, on a big, a pretty good-sized pine tree. You can see where he kicked it out, broke some branches and stuff in front of him, uh-huh. like whole nine yards. I'm like, okay, yeah, someone's been here. Called him again. Yeah. Down this way, so I was like, I don't need to say nothing. Like, I need to go. Please come down to the food uh, plot. Yeah, I need, I need to go up and around. So I, like, stayed quiet, crossed the little food plot, kept going up the little logging road, and I'm like, I'm starting in these big, like really big pines. And against thin, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I don't think they're in the trees anymore. I'm like, I'm pretty certain they're not in the tree. But even if they're on the ground, if they get like on these little high knobs, like in, in these pines, like he could probably see me. So I'm like, I got to get on the backside of the ridge because it's long finger ridge that goes up. So walk through the pines, kind of hit the backside of this really steep ridge point that so I'm running put, up. Putting the ridge between you and the turkeys. Yeah. Yeah. So I put them like they're like in this one drainage, um, like on the right hand side. And I was trying to get on the far left hand side of the ridge far enough off the edge that nothing up top can see me. Like okay. nothing on that ridge can see me at all. So yeah. I got dropped off 30, 40 feet and side-hilled all the way up and around, not saying anything, went all the way up and around, got to the very, almost to the very top where it kind of bends around. And uh, did, did a couple soft yelps, nothing, a little bit yeah, louder yelps on my glass call, nothing. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, I'm like officially now kind of like on the backside of them. Yep. And like at this point, I'm like almost like a almost two miles in. It's like a mile. I think it's like mile and like mile and a half, mile and three quarters in at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, let's get up over this this little the back side of the ridge. There's a little saddle right there. Let me come up in that saddle and let's try call from right here and try to see. And like at this point where I'm set up, the closer bird, I'm now the the bird that was closer to me. I'm now probably 300 yards behind him. Okay, so like from where you first heard him, he's like maybe 200 yards in front of you, and you got 300 yards behind where you thought he was. But the, And the reason why is because I knew there was at least one other bird behind him higher up the ridge, and there was another one to the side of him. So was that all just like you're trying to call him away from the food plot? So instead of sitting down in the food plot, like which is a real obvious spot to try to call him mm-hmm. to, like 
obviously a guy had done that the day before, you're going to get up and try to call him further back up, up the into ridge. the woods. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you did this giant loop around. Yeah, giant loop to get way back and around him. Oh, how much time had elapsed between like his last gobble, like when you think he flew down, to when you got up there? An hour and a half. So maybe. you took an hour and a half to move that far? Yeah. yeah. Nice. And so, I mean, it's like 8-something, like probably 8, 8.30. No gobbles. No gobbles. Zero gobbles. Like after like 6... 25, 630, zero guys. Everyone's, everyone's hitting the... Oh, no, no, people, dude, you, people can, hear leaving. The, you can hear gravel popping down They're low. They're going to Waffle Pe- House. Pe- no, people are ripping some crow calls. It, they went for, <laughs> they, they said, forget that hooting stick. We'll bring out the crow. I'm talking like ripping some crow calls. And I'm like, it ain't nothing goblin. Is that one guy down there with a peacock call? No, coyote howler. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you, see, do you know, have you ever used a peacock call? That was like a thing, man, when I was a kid. Like, it was like the sacred call. They were like, here's the peacock call. It's like, this is what you really use. And I'm like, I didn't even understand locators back then. I'm like, why would they come to a peacock call? You know, anyways. I use an elk beetle. <laughs> I my beetle you want to freak everybody out on the mountain? <laughs> I'm just freaking rip one. No, I'm joking. Houndstooth Game Calls is your home for turkey calls this spring. Go check them out. They got all the classic turkey calls. You know, they got the pot calls and the box calls and the mouth calls. But they also got a couple really interesting calls. One of them is called the the success call. And you just need to go look it up. It's it's like a box call that you can work with one hand. It's really, really cool. Sounds incredible. They also got the Spurmaster, which is another very unique call that you can get some really unique, clean tones out of. They're going to help you out this turkey season. Use the promo code SOP20 to get 15% off of your order at Houndstooth Game Calls. That's SOP24. Use it at checkout. It helps the podcast. True Lock Chokes has been made in Georgia since 1981 and offering a wide range of chokes, over 2,000 different chokes for all kinds of shooting activities. You might be wondering why you'd want to purchase a True Lock Choke and it's to improve your shotgun performance. Absolutely guaranteed. And as a great example, we have Andrew Maxwell here. And, uh, Andrew, you've had some pretty good luck, again, kind of switching out chokes and trying out the Precision Hunter choke from True Lock. So, Andrew, what's been your experience so far? Yeah, I've, always, I've used the same choke for several years now. I never really thought much of it, and I got the True Lock choke in. I patterned my gun with the first choke at uh, 30 and 50, and then I switched to the True Lock and changed from 30 to 50. And the 50-yard pattern on my gun with the True Lock choke is unbelievable like everybody's jaws were dropping like when we were out there with mike and sam we were all super impressed i mean it's throwing a better pattern at 50 now than it was throwing at 40 before my old choke and andrew you're shooting the precision hunter choke from true lock it's a great option same chokes i have in my shotgun so guys if you want to give true lock a shot this spring you can head over to truelockchokes.com that's t-r-u L-O-C-K chokes.com. You can also use the promo code Southern at checkout at truelockchokes.com and save 10% on your order. Again, give TrueLock a shot this spring, especially if you're not happy with the performance of your shotgun and shoot with a more deadly pattern with TrueLock. But like at this point, I'm up there. I can hear people driving down the gravel road, popping gravel and just rip. You can hear a truck stop. And then like, Wait ten seconds and then and then keep going. <laughs> and I'm like I'm like sorry, bud. Oh, that's hilarious. And and, uh, they, and they're far. Like you're way back in there. You can hear but, that. But, from but a it long was ways it, off. it was like so calm. Like uh-huh. it was like it was like no breeze. And I could the air was crisp. It was cool. Mm. Like you could hear a long ways gotcha. off. Um. So anyways, I get I get up in that little saddle, and I'm like I'm off the main like huge ridge system on a big second ridge point, kind of in this little saddle right there. 
in a right now I'm like positioned like that that ditch. So like where these three birds were at, there was two on one side of the ditch, uh-huh. and then one on like my side of the ditch. So there's two on the opposite side of me, and then there's one on my like ridge point from that morning. From like, that morning, yeah. that, that's what is you know where they were roosted at. Who knows where they're at at that point? Sat there like twenty minutes, did a couple call sequence, gobbled. Hold on, I gobbled, and nothing happened. And I'm like, I really don't like this spot. I'm like, I really, like, I kept looking at the map. I need, I'm like, I got to get on that secondary ridge point where, like, the one bird, because, like, the bird that was, like, that six to 700 yards from me, from, like, where I, had, like, stopped at uh, and listened that morning, he gobbled the most, and he was on this secondary ridge point, and it was, just, like, perfect. He had two drainages on each side of him, a thermal hub on one side and a disadvantage on the other. And I'm like, if I can get on that ridge point and, like, super slowly ease over there, mm-hmm. I think I could call him back into that spot. And I'm right in the middle between two like two other birds. So it's like three birds right here in this one spot within probably okay. three, four hundred yards of me. So you're putting yourself in not only like kind of in the middle of where so like there's several things that went into this. It sounds like mm-hmm. so you're first of all trying to position yourself where you're calling them away from where pressure normally comes from. Yep. You're trying to get in the middle of all three of them, so you have a chance at any of them. But you're also getting on like a strategic terrain feature that bodes well for you where you can call them to you, yeah, right? Yeah, and it makes sense, like, he's comfortable, or at least one of the birds is comfortable there. Plus, how it laid out, and you can tell it's pretty steep on the topo map, that, like, I ought to be able to get in there and be able to sit above the military crest and be able to kind of call and project that call in a bunch of different directions mm-hmm. and potentially have a turkey come from, like, 360 degrees. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, get, and get, like, sucked in the spot. And I was like, my plan was, because I had talked to you when I was in that saddle. Like, when you mm-hmm. called me, I was, like, in that saddle, and you're like, hey, I just killed a bird, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I was kind of telling you what was happening. Um, and my plan was, I'm just going to, like, if nothing else happens, I'm going to sit on that secondary ridge point until the 1 o'clock shutoff time. Yeah. And I'm just going to blind call every 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so it took me from that saddle to that ridge point, which is not far. Like, it's, like, a maybe, a, like, a quarter mile took me another hour and 20 minutes to get over there because I was literally, Dang. I was moving so slow and like super quietly taking my time and listening. Cause it's super quiet. Like there's really not much wind Yeah, that I wanted to be able, if I could hear a bird scratching or walking around or gobble, I want to know, but also I don't want to make enough noise or movement that like something can pick up on me. Cause I had to walk. There's no way for me to get on the backside of the, the main ridge. Mm-hmm. So I had to walk on like the, I had to walk around the head of the drainage where, like, something on that ridge point could potentially see me, depending on, like, where it was, like, positioned at. Okay. So, like, just went super slow, staying in the shadows, and a lot of these, like, th- these, like, short leaf pines and long leaf pines. Like, moving from tree to tree? Yeah, and just, like, in the shadows, like, staying super, super stealthy. Climbing around some rocks, and I, I, like, come to find out there was, like, a super small, um, kind of bulge off the side of the ridge that wasn't really a point, but there's, like, this little high spot in the head of this drainage where the drainage kind of forked. I came off on that, crossed down the drainage, and had to come up. I mean, it was so steep, dude. Get on that secondary ridge point, climbed up it, got up on it, and I started side hilling. Because again, you told you told me we'd gone out mm-hmm. like on a little scouting trip, and like, don't walk the top of the ridge, walk the side hill. Because if you walk the top, like if you walk side hill, like yeah, maybe something on your side of the ridge can see you, but yeah. if something on the other side of the ridge they can't see. You. If you walk on the top of the ridge, both, both sides, sides can, can see, see you. you, and you're like, okay, you're shooting yourself in the foot. So I'm like, okay, so I stayed on my side of the. Uh, of the uh, that secondary ridge point, slipped down and uh, it was thick, dude. A lot of blowdowns and crap, a lot of like wind damage, and uh, I started finding a little bit of scratch, nothing crazy, and uh, but still I didn't find like any good roost trees. And then I popped out, like I came through this little thick stuff, and it opened up into like 
where the secondary ridge point starts like dropping off. And it's kind of it drops off really hard on the sides, mm-hmm. but off the nose of it, it kind of fans out and it's more gradual. Where it's, yeah. it's not super steep, and it was a bunch of short leaf pines, huge short leaf pines. Um, and uh, I got in there, I'm like, dude, these look like like I could see a turkey like roosting here. And this is like right where I had my pin dropped that morning. Like it was probably somewhere in this general area. There was a little bit of scratch, nothing crazy, but I'm like, this seems like a pretty good spot because I can sit up high on this ridge point. Mm-hmm. I can kind of see down off the nose like 40, 45 yards or so. And then like each side of me, I can only see like 25 yards. So like something comes up from the sides, like he's going to be like right in my face. If he comes up the, the face of it, I should be able to see him about 40, 45 yards or so. Yeah. Sit up or sit down, get up against one of those long leaf pine, or short leaf pines. And it was, it's like another thing about the short leaf pines it was like super shaded underneath. Like there's not a lot of like understory. Like it's like open. Yeah. Um. But it's like high stem count with those uh, long leaf or the short leaf pines, and they're big trees. I mean, they're like the smallest one is probably like 15 inches in diameter. Like they're pretty big size. And um, I'm like, you know, when it gets warmer throughout the day, you know, if I'm sitting here mid morning, late morning, early afternoon before the shutoff time, you know, if these turkeys get hot because there's so much open hardwoods around me, this is the only shade around. Mm. So like I'm thinking also potentially like when I got there, I was like. If it gets hot, even if like something doesn't come in the first couple of hours, when it gets to 11, 12, because it took me, it was like 10, it was like 10, 10 o'clock, 10, 15 by the time I got over there um, and got set down and got set up. I'm like, within the next few hours, I feel like a turkey's going to come back to this spot. A guy's going to come back to this spot just to get in the shade and kind of loaf around yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, sit down, get the camera, get everything set up. And I do a call sequence, and I was like, man, it's it's like there's a light breeze, but it's not like nothing like we've been dealing with recently. Yeah. It's a, a super light breeze. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to call super soft, like some soft um, like clucks, soft yelps, and like some purrs, and then like do that for a second, and then kind of ramp up with a couple, I guess, louder yelps. But if you had to like put it on a percentile, like, okay, 0% is not calling, 100% is as loud as you can go, it was like 45%. Okay. okay. It was like the Yelps. Yeah. Did some of that, and then I finished it with, like, I think I did one or two gobbles, and that was it. With a gobble tube. Yeah, with a gobble tube. And um, just sat down, and, like, it It felt like forever, but it, it wasn't 10, 15 minutes, and all of a sudden, I just hear, like, it's just, I'm mean, quiet, like, there's no leaves rustling, and all of a sudden, I hear, whoosh, 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 scratching, like, loud scratching. I'm like, what? And I'm like, at first, I was like, I hear footsteps. Could it be? No, I hear footsteps and super loud scratching. And at first, I'm like, is that a person? <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm facing down the ridge point, okay? And uh, it's off my right shoulder. Dude, like, way to have confidence in your ability, well, bro. Well, it's, it's, off my, it's, off my, they're off, it's off my right shoulder. The noise comes from my right shoulder down that steep drainage that I had crossed. Like, literally yeah. 30, 40 minutes earlier, I had to cross this drainage. And it's, like, wide open. I mean, it's like, I can see the other hillside. And you it's thought like, you gobbled up a person, right? I mean, this dude, I don't know how he came in there, but, you know. But uh, at first I did. And then I kept hearing it scratch. I'm like, that's not a tur- that's not a person. Yeah. Like, that's 100% a turkey. But it was like the loudest scratching I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Just like, cr- like crazy loud scratching in the hardwoods. And it's like, again, if I'm facing 12 o'clock, it's at like, at first I thought it was at my 3 o'clock, but it turned out it was like my 5, 530. Oh, okay. So, like, I hear stuff. I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like, that's a turkey. Like, no doubt. And I'm thinking it's going to pop up my 3 o'clock. So, like. I don't even like position myself. I just switch over to the left hand. Again, this is the benefit of having red dot. Switch over to the left hand. And then I, I keep hearing it's getting closer, getting closer, getting louder. But then I'm like, okay, it's not at my three o'clock. It's at my five, five thirty. Like it's behind me. So I spin around the tree and like move just the cameras around. 
spinning around the tree. So, like, I'm, again, I'm facing at my 5 o'clock position, and there's a couple blow-down trees right there. So you're facing back up the – Back up the ridge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm facing okay. back up the ridge now. Interesting. And, uh, and, again, we're high up. So I spin around, have the tree, like, you know, again, I'm looking at my 5 o'clock position now, and I keep hearing it. And then it gets quiet, and I hear I get hear, I hear footsteps, and I'm like, "No way!" So, I, dude, at this point, I take I take the, I, I get the safety off. I'm in disbelief. I take the safety off, and uh, I'm like looking there again. There's a couple blowdowns, and all of a sudden, I see movement. I see the top of a tail fan, no. like coming around the brush pile, and I'm like. No way. Because <laughs> I'm like, there's going to be some hens or some crap, dude. There's going to be a crow walking through the woods. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a winged woodpecker. Wood, wood, woodpecker. Woodpecker. <laughs> woodpecker picking on a pine. So you go, yeah. uh, woodpecker pecking on a pine. Okay, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I see a tail fan, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I got the safety up, and that's when I, I like, you can see the video, like, I jump up on the gun at that point. I Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go, and, go, uh, go on. Anyways. And then I saw I see two heads, two red heads coming through, and they were like side by side. I'm like, oh crap! And uh, I don't know which one's which, like which one had the tail fan up, because I'm like I don't want to shoot a Jake. And they come, they're 25 yards, probably 25, maybe 30 yards at the most. Are they looking hard? Yeah, kind, yeah, they're they're coming up and they just pop over the ridge and like they're like, I can see like the top half of their body, but I can't see their beards. But I can see like from like just above their beards up to above their head. Yeah. And they're coming around this brush pile and they're like kind of looking, kind of looking, and I'm like. I didn't just want to shoot because I'm like, I want to make sure it's hopefully a long beard. Yeah. And they're sitting so close to each other. They're right next to each other. I'm like, if I shoot, I'm killing two turkeys. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. we're not trying to have a repeat of deer season. <laughs> so oh. they they split and like one of them kind of turns going back the way it came down the brush while the other one steps forward some and turns. I see his beard kick out. I'm like, oh, you're dead. Boom. <laughs> and I just put the red dot like literally right on his wall shot. And he just went to flop and just like hit him. He starts flopping. The other turkey that was next to the other gobbler with him, he sails across the ditch. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting and I'm like, holy crap, that just happened. And like, yeah, you did not react like how I reacted. Dude, when I, I would have exploded out of that brush pile listen, and you, charged you, that thing. You got to act like you've been there before. No, nah, dude. <laughs> no, no, dude. I'd freaking charge him. Like, I don't even know. Like, well, yeah, and the video is kind of funny because I'm like, I'm worked up, but I'm like calm in the moment. You're like, oh my god! Well, like I hit, when I, when I shot him, I mean I stoned him. I mean, dude, he like he hit he flopped two or three times on his back and he was just dead. I mean, yep, stoned got him. TSS has lit him up, and uh, and he was what twenty five yards? Yeah, 20, yards? yeah, twenty five thirty yards, just on the other side of his brush pile. Which in the video, the GoPro footage, you do you got up on the gun when he was in front of you. I'm like, wow, you just moved a lot. Like I was like, hey, don't do that again because like next time it might not work out for you. There's a lot of movement. Like this ain't a deer, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> true. And uh, that's I think that's the reason why the the other turkey kind of split because I think he saw it more than the other one because the one I mm-hmm. shot was the turkey behind the first turkey. Oh. So like I don't think he saw me where the first one definitely He's saw. He's like, something. man, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened because he turned to look back at the other turkey like, oh, what, what wow. just happened? And boom, he got oh, shot. Oh wow. So I start walking up to him, and. uh when I'm walking up to him, like the other turkey has already sailed across. The one that the gobbler was with him sailed across the ditch. Yep. And I walk up to him, I look down, and there's another long beard coming up the ridge to me. Dang. And I'm like, that was three long beards. That was the three I probably ah. heard this morning. They, they <laughs> all got together. That's awesome. And he turned and ran off. And I got up to him, and the first thing I noticed, like, because he's done moving, I mean, it stoned him. And uh, it was his spurs, dude. And I was like, freaking nice one. Yeah. I'm good, like, good turkey. I'm like, holy crap, dude. Um, 
And uh, it's like, yeah, inch and a quarter spurs. And then, like, just a nice beard. They got, like, that nice pearl color Yeah, like, real light colored. Oh, they were nice. Um, Really nice turkey. But, so this is the first mature gobbler I've seen in person dead, okay? Yeah. Because I've only, I've killed killed a a Jake Jake before. Years ago. And, um, and, uh, again, like, I don't think I've ever seen one of your gobblers dead. Like, you always kill them, and by the time I see them, it's already breasted out, you know, quartered up, you know. Yeah, we're frying them by the time you see them. And, uh. But it's like how big the body was on this bird, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know if this is like abnormally large. This is like standard size because I don't have a scale with it. I didn't weigh them. Yeah. But just like how big this this turkey was, and I just sat there. And one thing that kind of like hit me when I was sitting there, and it's like, I mean, I sat there and just like hung out with the turkey for a little bit. Is like I kind of get the whole idea, like how guys, you know, you know, you get like um, Dave Owens and not other guys, you know, do the whole like cigar thing mm-hmm. and kind of take the moment in. And that's kind of why I did. I have a scar or anything, but I just sat there and like took the moment in, like while this turkey's just laying there dead. Yeah. Cause I'm like, you just did all this work and just came to like a conclusion. Like this is, it concludes. And that's like kind of soaking in the moment. Yeah. And it, it, it really was like that. It was like, I do that too. Just sitting there and just like, dude, this is like too cool. Yeah. Like this is too freaking cool. And, um, anyways, took some photos with them and then pack, you know, I say packed them out, just carried them out. Um, and, uh, dude, it was, it was fascinating. So one thing that's kind of funny, so I've had that turkey vest I've, I'm used, I'm using now for probably four or five years now. And, uh, it's got that little orange flag in the back of it. It's one of those, uh, Alps, what is it? The commander or whatever. It's got the little kick frame, mm-hmm. uh, yep. like legs on it, whatever. It's got a little orange flag on the back of that. You can pop out, you know, when you're walking out with a dead bird, someone uh, so, yeah. I'm like, I can actually use this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, heck yeah, man. You yeah. feel cool. You're like popping that thing out. Yeah. Anyways, but hiked back to the truck and I'm like, I didn't kill him. Sat down at like 10, 15, killed him, had him dead at like 10, 30 or something like mm-hmm. that. But the interesting thing was they came from back above me where I was just at when I circled around the head of the bridge. And anything above that, they could have been above me for sure. But it's like, Super steep, rocky, nasty, just terrain. Yeah, and like just real nasty stuff up there. And there was no turkey sign up there, but the way they came from, that's the only way I think they could have came in because they they yeah. they ca- definitely came up from the bottom onto my ridge. It wasn't like they were side hilling down my ridge, mm-hmm. um, which was just again kind of fascinating just with everything and kind of how it played out. But that's interesting. I mean, yeah, dude, it was. Uh, uh, just crazy. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot to that. Um, one of the things, there is something to be said about kind of sitting there and taking in the moment. And some guys choose to do it with like a cigar. Like obviously Dave Owens is probably like the most notable, but a lot of people do that. Like mm-hmm. I knew people who did that growing up. Um, and I'll do the same thing. Like if I happen to have a, I, I enjoy a good cigar. If I happen to have one, I'll do that. But I usually don't cause I crush it carrying it around. But I'll just sit there with, for you know, 20, 30 minutes and just kind of take it in and, and just look at the turkey and kind of admire him and look around and, and like kind of look at the area where he is. And I did that with my bird too. Mm-hmm. And then I walked out and met Sam and Blakely and they've never seen a turkey before uh, in person. And so I was showing them that and I'm like, you know, guy, like it's, it's kind of crazy. Like when you're sitting here looking at this bird, cause like Sam was holding it. I mean, it's a heavy, it's 20 plus pounds. It's a big turkey. And I'm like, it's kind of crazy when you think about it that we're hunting, like, this giant freaking bird, like, running around. Like, look at how big this bird is. And they're just walking around out here. And, like, we get to hunt them. So we're, we're lucky to get to do that. And I, it's it's good to take in the moment. Um, and then with your hunt, I think one of the, the most interesting thing about this hunt is, well, there's a couple things. But one of the most interesting things is they quit gobbling at what time? 
Six thirty? Yeah, like probably six thirty, if not maybe a little bit sooner. So they quit gobbling at six thirty. You didn't set up to kill that turkey until ten? Yeah. Ten fifteen. Yeah. And you killed him at ten thirty. Like, dude. That is impressive, for real. I mean that that when we talk about the woodsmanship aspect of whether it be turkey hunting, deer hunting, or whatever we're doing, that's where that woodsmanship comes into play, dude. When when you're able to go out there and like think critically about where that turkey is, what he's probably gonna do, and how you can like kind of melt into the woods and become a part of the woods and move on that turkey and basically walk through those turkeys because you cross the same drainage that they came out of. Yeah. So you basically walked through them and were able to get into a, like a strategic spot where when he popped up, he was 25 yards from you and you killed him. Mm-hmm. Like that is why woodsmanship is important, dude. Like that's why it doesn't come down to like the kind of call that you're using or the kind of ammo or the choke or what camo or any kind of gear stuff or just like, I don't know, that side of turkey hunting. It comes down to understanding the woods and understanding the turkeys. Because even the shortleaf pine thing, like, that was the only shade they had, and they would probably come up in there. Um, and I've hunted not in that spot, but all around there, and those hardwoods are really open, mm-hmm. and those pines are really open. And so you've got to get in a spot where you can call them up to shotgun range, where you can't see 250 yards. It, well, it's, it goes back to the whole thing, like, everybody's worried about how far I can shoot a turkey yeah. with a shotgun. It kind of goes back to, like, what you told me in the woods is, like, if I need a rangefinder, I'm in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I get it. Like, if you're in flatlands, it's like big riverbottom flatlands. Like, there's only so much you can find to, like, hide yourself and, like, yeah. make sure you come around, like, you find deadfall and stuff. But, like, up there, you know, using topography, and thankfully, I didn't have those brush piles, like, kind of off my backside. But really, what was out in front of me is I was sitting kind of on the backside of some rocks. Uh, so, if a turkey was coming from the bottom, or not really the bottom, but if he was coming up from like the point of the ridge coming up to me, which it was what I thought was going to happen. Cause what I thought was the Turkey had been like on that ridge point, probably dr- like dropped down into that drainage, maybe scratch around went with some hands and it was going to come back up. Yeah. I wasn't expecting him to be even higher up above me. Cause I just, I, again, if you would have told me going to that hunt, like, Hey, the Turkey's going to come from above you. I'm like, how? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, if you go into that spot, you're like, how? Yeah. Clearly he was up there somewhere. Yeah. Or they all three of them were. Um, but, even in that spot, even though the woods were open, it's like where I sat strategically is, again, the turkey, for them to see where the call was coming from, they had to be in shotgun range even though the woods were really open. And that's just kind of how it played off. And it really was a lot of, like, focusing on the topography side of stuff. And thankfully I had some blowdowns close by, some rocks and stuff like that that kind of hid me uh, in that location. Um, but, yeah, I mean, definitely the woodsmanship was huge. I mean, it was like – just applying like what we do with deer hunting and just even more so like slowing it down even more so. It's just like, you know, figuring out like how could something see me through the woods and how can I minimize the movement or like my visual. Yeah. And also like the sound of like just a person walking through the woods, which, you know, great thing is turkey has two legs. So you walk through the woods, turkey walks through the woods, kind of sounds the same. Just yeah. you might be a little more heavier footed. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just focusing on that and, and just slip into the spot. And again, I wasn't trying to call a whole bunch earlier. Like I, I called a little bit like in that first setup when I was across the drainage from like literally where I was set up the first time versus like where I killed him at mm-hmm. was a hundred yards apart maybe. But I had to go up and around the head of the drainage because I was like, I'm not walking right off this 
on tight ridge point because I'm exposing myself in this huge open bottom. And mm-hmm. if there's a turkey over there, he's going to see me. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to go around the head of the drainage and then slip down and kind of side hill up and around it just in case there is a turkey on that ridge point so he can't see me. I can maybe slip on the backside and get him to answer me. But, again, they came in quiet. They didn't – I mean, they came in silent. They didn't, they didn't gobble, anything like that. And uh, I was so worked up at the time when I heard him walking. I probably could have heard him spitting drum. I was so worked up. I could hear my freaking heartbeat in my ears. So <laughs> I'm like, you know, the yeah. adrenaline dump happened. So, cause like something like Wayne Lackey asked me, he's like, did you hear him spit and drum, hear him strutting? I'm like, dude, I was so worked up. I couldn't hear anything. dude. <laughs> like all I, I mean, all I could hear was like footsteps, super loud scratching the leaves. And then freaking just the turkey pops up and boom. That's so, insane. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, it's, such an important thing to note like how long it took but but that's something that we've talked about in the past uh where and mike pentecost specifically talked about this is like when you hear him gobbling in a spot and you're like in a huge rush to get over there um a lot of times like the turkey's like literally right there still he's like right there in that same area some of them aren't a lot of them are um especially when they're gobbling on the ground and so that's kind of what you did. You just took your time and you got in like the spot where you're like, I can kill them right here. Yeah. And if they're going to come in, they're going to come in. If they're not, they're not. Um, you know, and some people would be like, well, I don't want that kind of turkey hunt, like the run and gun. They want like hard gobbling in your face. But it's like, man, if you're going to hunt public land turkeys in the South or even hunting club, dude, I mean, the hunting club has been just as hard as a lot of the public mm-hmm. that I've been hunting. Um, there's a lot of pressure out there. Uh, like, dude, you're going to have to kill these quiet turkeys you know if, if you're wanting to kill turkeys and i've come to like really enjoy that kind of hunt that you had where you're that like when i say i'm like a little kid in a playground again that's what i'm talking about like you're way back in there the the woods are your playground and you're alone and it, you know the turkeys are in there and you're just playing cat and mouse and you're slipping around and you're moving on them and you know they're in there and then it comes together and like dude that feeling is just ridiculous oh, yeah. it's so good i mean it's you know what was kind of frustrating uh about the whole situation is like okay cool you know called in two birds really it was the third bird but he was just down the side of ridge still coming up after our shot but uh you know the new rule with the state is for alabama is you can only kill one turkey per piece of public land for the first in the first 10 days of the season yeah so i can't i still haven't been able to go back in there again. yeah because it hadn't been 10 days Mm-mm. No, Dang. still got a couple days left. Wow. So um, that sucks. Yeah, it does. But but I'll tell you what, y'all do whatever you want to do. I'm just gonna say I'm pretty certain there's a lot of people out there that didn't know that rule. They probably did know, or it. or they did know it, but they just like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. There's a lot of that that goes on, especially around there. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, uh, but yeah, that, that was crazy. But the one other thing I was gonna I want to talk about is that situation that happened today. Yeah. So. So this happened, and you were on clap, like, dude, it was oh, so. I was, I was had confidence, bro. Dude, like, it was so fun because, like, for years, like, I've been the like turkey hunting guy on this podcast. Like, I'm the one that's more into it. And then you're like, you're like, yeah, I'll go. It's whatever. And then, and then you went out and you killed this bird, and you were like fired. Up. Well, not even. No, I not, saw the fire. You're like, I'm tagging out. Well, no, <laughs> no, no, no. It's not even that. No, I, actually, I, what I was like, oh, this is cool because you asked me like, what you thought of turkey? I'm like, this fine. But it wasn't. I wasn't mad at him. I was just like, okay, this is cool. Then I went two more times in a different spot, like a different piece, a different piece of public land. <laughs> Had encounters, but like couldn't get a turkeys within range. But you know, good, good. Like one one day, really good gobbling. Had a bird that was answering me two hundred fifty yards, just would not move. I circled them and, and you know 
he wasn't there by the time I got in position. Uh, and then the next day I went to the same spot again. They just weren't gobbling. And after that, the next day when they weren't gobbling, I'm like, now I'm fired up. I'm mad at them. Like I am a deer. <laughs> and it's like a different level. It went from like, okay, this is fun to like, like this is a vendetta against yeah. oh. like a, a wild turkey. Now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's like a different level of now, like excitement and everything with it. Um, but I got deflated after today. <laughs> so like, um, one of the days, one of the, I've been in this spot now, like this general area, I guess like the last five days or something like that, like uh, often on the last five days, like three, I don't know, three or four times, four times in there, five times. I've been in this general area, this, this other area on a different piece of public land for a few days. And, uh. One of the days I was walking back out, so there's a typical way we walk in to the spot um, and, like, listen from the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, I had a hunt in there that was pretty pretty interesting where the uh, first day I went in, had three birds gobbling, three different ridge points back in the spot, getting pretty far back in there, uh, like a mile and a half back in. And uh, went set up, you know, birds got quiet. Nothing really happened. Uh, went back in the one of the next days, and actually got to the spot um, where one of the turkeys was gobbling from by, by like five forty-five. Like I went in like super like started walking at like four a.m. And uh, again, birds were super quiet that morning. Had some hens fly down close to me. Had some hens around me, but no goblin. Well, that day when I walked out, I decided to take this little creek back instead of walking back the typical way we go back to the truck. Kind of kind of do a little, you know a wider loop back to the truck. Well, when I was walking back to down the creek, I come around this little bend in the creek and like a hundred and probably 20, 150 yards down the creek from me, I see a gobbler. And he's like, by the time I see him, he's already seen me and he starts kind of like running away from me. See mm-hmm. big old, big old red head, big body. Um, <laughs> see his beard flopping when he's running. He like stops. I, I freeze. <laughs> and he like stops, looks back, looks around and stuff. And then kind of eases off. Well, I ease around the creek and I keep working down to like the spot where he was at. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of an interesting spot. He's, you know, in a location. It's kind of like a thermal hub where you have this one creek and you have another like little stream that kind of tees off into it. He's right there where they, they merge at. And, um, I get to like right where he's right where he was at. And dude, there's these huge gobbler tracks and there's strut marks all in the mud. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, it's, when I say mud, it's like really soft dirt right there. Kind of a lot of bare spots. And you can see strut marks all in all in this one spot like underneath this huge pine tree and there's poop underneath this pine tree and my he's roosting right here and strutting right here you know it was later in like early afternoon you know i was talking back to the truck you know uh you know uh after, you know when the hunt was concluded and i'm like man i'm gonna try to come back and kill this turkey like if he's roosting here i bet you i can oh, kill yeah. him and it's pretty close to the truck it's like 200 yards from the truck yeah so i'm like hey, i want to go back in there but i'm like i need the right conditions because it's kind of loud getting in there like there's a lot of sticks on the ground a lot of leaves holding on yards i'm like i need the right conditions well, two days later, we were going to have, like, a pretty good rainstorm in the morning. So, I'm, like, I'm going to go out there hunting the rain. Everybody, uh, Kyle Sides, um, he's talked about recently getting on some crazy hunts in thunderstorms and, like, hardcore rain early in the season. Yep. And getting on, like, being super aggressive, getting on these roost sites and getting birds fired up and gobbling during the storm, like, within 100 yards. Uh, and they killed, they killed one of those birds. And, uh He's like, I told him, he's like, dude, that's the perfect spot. He's like, dude, it's going to be raining in the morning. It's going to be perfect conditions. Get in there super tight, you know, and just wait. And just, like, let the morning wake up. You know, maybe throw a hoot out if you want. But just, like, let them get kind of fired up and then kind of work them. I go in there. Nothing, dude. I get. So, not only was it cold. Or it was a storm came in, but it was a cold front. 
temperature dropped like crazy. It was like mm-hmm. started out it was like in the sixties, um, and by the time I left, because I can only hunt for a few hours, I did leave by like eight eight thirty. It dropped down to like forty eight degrees, and the wind was a uh, ripping. And anyways, no turkeys there. No 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 turkeys were in the trees uh, in that location. Uh, none flo- flew down. Didn't hear anything that morning. So another day goes by, and it comes to today. So that was two days ago. Comes to today, and I'm like, man, conditions gonna be great. Again, that storm passed through. Uh, I couldn't go hunt yesterday morning, uh, which was Easter, uh, but I got out after church and everything, hunted for a few hours in a different spot. And I'm like, I'm going to go back to this same location and go hunt. And when I went out this morning, I originally was planning on not hunting that spot close to the road, but hiking back in there that mile and a half, get back where these three birds, four birds been gobbling at. Yep. Well, something hit me. I started walking down the road and something hit me and said, man, I probably don't. I probably should try like that roof spot close. Yeah, just try and just see what happens. Like you know, you need to throw another shit at. I walked back by the truck. Thankfully, that hit me uh, because I left the back gate of my uh, truck open, like Ooh. the camper shell. And I'm like, oh, that would have been a problem. Yeah. And so, anyways, locked that up, slipped into that spot, and again, I start walking at four, like four fifteen. Mm-hmm. I was set up under the pine tree that I want to sit on. Not, not the pine tree that, he's, that I thought he was roosted in and mm-hmm. strutting around, but like 60 yards, 50, 60 yards from there, down the bottom, sat underneath that pine tree by 450. Legal like setup. Good to Like get. setup. I'm sitting there like, okay, I got an hour and 10 minutes to burn. Okay. Nice. Because like, it's not even legal light until like, I think 6, 6.05, something like that. Yep. And um, anyway, so I'm sitting there in that 5.30 – like it's it's get this there's a pretty there's pretty good breeze this morning uh, when I was walking inside it's some good cover noise and I was really taking my time walking in there with the red light at like five thirty dude I hear the noticeable like it mm. is like the the sound that like when you hear it, you're like that's turkey at five thirty I hear like wings dragging across a limb on a tree close uh. to me. Uh-huh. It's like we're like it's like stretching whatever and like repositioning itself the turkey I'm like that is a turkey so feathers I'm, on bark and I'm like they're here and dude, <laughs> dude it was five thirty I hear that noise and like adrenaline dump yep. like it is pitch black dark and I'm like <laughs> I'm ready to roll baby because like dude I was I was dude I was like kind of dozing off a little bit I was like man I'm just gonna get all cozy right here and I heard that noise I'm like uh uh-uh, uh we up we ready to roll dude <laughs> they're here yeah yeah they're here gun up ready roll and uh, it gets. Six o'clock, okay, and I heard it off to my left, like down by the creek. And I how, get, how far? The noise? Yeah, I couldn't tell that. I mean, I, it was close enough I could hear it dragging its wings. I mean, I mean, it, probably it, pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. And it was down, like kind of down by the creek, which again was probably like thirty yards, like kind of back behind me. And uh, at six o'clock on the dot, I'm sitting there. Ah, oh. gobbler! He gobbles. Not 60 to 70 yards just directly in front of me, away from the creek, directly in front of me, kind of down in this like little drainage, okay, that kind of goes off the creek. And I'm like, oh crap, oh son. I'm talking six o'clock on the dot. That's the earliest gobble I've heard recently. Like, yeah. Most of the time I haven't heard, like, they start like 610. Yeah. Six o'clock on the dot. I watch my watch. 602, I hear fly down. I hear wings beating. And I happen to like, just glance over to my left and I see a turkey landing on my side of the creek. Came across the creek, from yeah. the other side of the creek, laying 25, 30 yards from me. I'm like, oh, crap, it's a hen. I'm like, dude, I'm like, he gobbled, she's coming in, and they're like, I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Now, I almost thought about doing the whole Andrew Maxwell, like, wave at it. Uh. I mean, it's like 602. It is dark enough. I can tell it's a turkey. 
Yeah. I can't tell anything about turkey. It is I, I like a turkey just landed right there. Yeah. Okay. And I'm looking at it, and like it kind of goes behind some trees, and it gets out in this oh big opening right there, thirty yards from me. I see a big old beard on this thing. Okay. <laughs> and it's like swinging. Isn't and, that funny how they have beards? And I'm like, I'm like, is that a bearded hen? Oh. And I'm like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, because I'm trying to look at its head. I mean, dude, it's dark. It is like, I guess it's legal light. It's it's in that that error, roughly. I don't know what to say, Andrew. So, 6.23 a.m. was sunrise this morning. So, it was legal light. Okay. Well, I, okay. Well, I said, anyways, this turkey is coming by, and I see this beard, and I'm looking at its head, and it's a, sm- sm- again, small body turkey, a lot smaller than the, the one I shot. And, uh. I see a big beard on it, but I'm like looking at his head. I'm like, I think that's a bearded hen, dude. <laughs> like I'm looking at it. I'm like, I don't. It's I don't see any color. It looks dark, but I can't see like anything about the turkey. It just I'm like, and I, based on where you were sitting, you're down kind of in a spot too. Like yeah, it's super canopy. There's a yeah, ton of canopy. super can because I've I've hunted this spot a lot of times. Yeah. in the past, and yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not like, on a ridge point. I'm not like up in the open. Yeah, like, you're I'm down, down in the bottom. bottom in the jungle. Yeah, like that. Yeah, like I, like for real, and. uh it's thirty yards. I'm like, I'm not even thinking about it. I'm, Dude, like, oh. I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's a bearded hen, and it's walking right towards this gobbler. Hey, good call though. Like, good call. Yeah, even I, though you I, didn't know. Well, you know? again, I didn't want to be the guy that shoots like, oh, let's ground check it, and yeah. then come to find out you can't shoot bearded hens in no, Alabama. Absolutely not. And, and a lot of people don't like to shoot hens, anyways. You know, even where you can shoot hens, because you know she's making the eggs, she's making more turkeys. Well, it, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm not going to shoot it because I'm like, I think it's a bearded hen. So I don't even care about it. Like, I'm not even looking at it, dude. This gobbler, he's he, he gobbles, I think he get at a crow. And it's like this is like it's like six oh six, okay? Yeah. And this is where I, this is well, I screwed up multiple different times <laughs> during this whole thing, okay? Which we'll talk about. I have my pot call, I have my glass call pulled out. And uh I don't run a mouth call very well. Not like quiet. I can't do it quietly like at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like trying to do some soft like little like clucks and yelps. <laughs> and again, I'm trying to see where this gobbler's at in the tree. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I feel like I should see him. I'm like, I don't see him, and I think he's like, so he's that close. You're like, he's somewhere right there. I mean, he's yeah. I'm like, he's right there. And so I'm like, I gotta let him know. <sighs> you know, it's the whole thing. Like, I gotta let him know he's you know I'm here, and like you know, you gotta pitch down in my direction. I do that, and he doesn't answer. Like nothing happens. He's like, what is that lump on that tree down there? Well, I was sitting on a giant pine tree. Listen, I don't listen. He can, if I moved, I'm sh- anyways. Yeah, but I'm on a huge <laughs> pine tree, dude. <laughs> massive pine tree. Uh-oh. So anyways. You know, cluck, you do some soft, like super soft yelps, nothing. I'm like, huh. Put the glass pot down. Again, a mistake. A little bit of movement. Yeah. And that, that, well, I thought it was a hen. Come to find out, I don't think it was a hen. I think it was a, I think it was a gobbler. Yeah, big old rope bearded gobbler. Yeah. Thick beard on he, it. Dude, I'm calling. This thing's 30 yards from me. It looks over at me. And I'm on this big pine tree. Like, I'm not worried. Like, and again, I'm like, I think it's a hen. Like, oh, it's, you know, if it spooks, like, no big deal. Like, whatever. It doesn't even, it looks over at me. And just keeps on walking right towards this gobbler. Did not care one bit. I think that maybe speaks to like your your setup and your camo because like when you're up against a tree that like the tree was like way bigger than you. Wasn't way it? bigger and it's dark. It's a, it's not like you're on a big white oak or something. It's like you know your outline to me, especially with a lot of camo, especially like darker camo patterns. If you're on a white oak, I think they can see the out. I don't know, I don't know like how they what color depth they can see. Yeah. But I think they can tell light to dark. If you have a super dark camel on a super light color tree, I think they can kind of see that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Versus being on a pine tree, again, wearing like the specter, 
and I'm wearing also the the uh, the terror bottom, so I'm wearing the brown bottom, paint. and it's like the exact same color as mine. Oh, dude, that's that's the only thing I wear. Like, yeah. it's the only I don't wear camo bottom pants. I wear this te- the Terra. They they blend in very very good, very good. And that Spectre blends in very good on, on specifically on pine trees. Yeah, well, so I'm tucked up, and I'm like, again, it looks over at me, and it's like directly in front of me now, and like it it just keeps walking. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, I don't know. What and by this time, is. the sun's like, you know, it's like six. Ten ish. Yep. That guy, that hen, quote unquote, gets like <laughs> the alleged hen. Yeah, it gets like fifty five yards. I'm looking at it. I'm like, that might be a gobbler. I don't have binos. Oh, I didn't have them with me. Oh. And I'm looking. I'm like, that might be a gobbler. And that's where I have like this sickening feeling. I'm like, did I just let your, a gobbler? Your stomach drops. I'm like, did I just let a gobbler walk twenty five yards from me? Oh. It stayed around me for like four to five minutes because I thought it was a hen. And dude, it keeps walking. He walks right past us where I, the gobbler come to find out was. Second, he gets underneath the tree of the gobbler. And again, I don't know what tree he's in. The gobbler pitches it out of the tree. And yep. when he pitches out of the tree, I'm like, oh no. I'm like, because when he pitched out of the tree, I could see him so easily when he came out of the tree. I'm like, he could see me. Uh, <laughs> like, So you saw him fly down. Oh yeah. Like the second he jumped off the branch, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I'm like, no. Because I thought, again, I was thinking he's on these pine trees a little bit further up, like another like 30, 40 yards up. Yeah. And there was some stuff in the way. There wasn't much of anything but daylight in between me and him. Oh, really? And like for whatever reason, mm. I just, I couldn't see him. I was like looking off to the left a little bit, but he was dead center right in the middle of the bottom. Yeah. He pitches off to the right side of the drainage, hits the ground. And I'm like, okay, maybe he's going to come down this direction. But what made me have that uneasy feeling as well, not only passing a gobbler, but that, that gobbler that I saw that you know came past me at 25 yards, he slipped across the ditch, started going up the same ridge that, that go- the, the one that came out of the tree went to. Yeah. And then he gobbles once, uh, the one that came out of the tree, he gobbled once. And I could tell he's like up there on the side of the ridge. I called to him in a little bit, doesn't answer. And then five minutes later, he gobbles again. Now he's over the top that little ridge onto his like bench going away from me. I'm like, no. Long story short, make a circle around him, kind of get up above where I thought he was at. And again, I was probably way behind him. Like, like by the time I got up there, you yeah. know, way behind the turkeys, they had already, they had already worked off, but yeah. Uh, so a couple of mistakes I made. Number one, well, I say again, I pass a, I'm about 99% sure it was a gobbler that I passed yep. thinking it was a bearded hen. Yep. And, uh, Looking back at one thing you told me, and I, I, I try to go back and reimagine everything, and I'm like, I can't tell. But like one thing you told me is like, one way to tell a, a gobbler from a hen, taking beard out of the equation and everything else, is the, the feather line on their neck. Like a hen will have feathers all the way up to her head, where a gobbler, you know, the, those neck feathers are going to be a little bit further down the neck. They're not, they're, they're not going to come all the way up to his head, typically. Yeah, like she'll have waddles. Like it, it looks like her feathers come up further but like she doesn't have waddles he'll have waddles and so it's like it's almost like he has more of a neck than she does well and the, the thing is i go back and like i kind of reanalyze like my, my the vision like the whole situation and i can't remember i feel like if i would have saw waddles i would have shot it yeah and i don't ever remember seeing anything like that but then again another thing when it was walking through because i was so dead to oh this is a hen that flew across the creek bearded hen mm-hmm. i was so fixated on like where the gobbler, like where the gobbler tree was at, I didn't like pay a ton of attention to it, uh, other than like seeing his beard. And I'm like, dude, now looking back at it, I'm like, I guarantee he was a a, a younger gobbler, uh, you know. So, uh, uh, um, what's what's the word? 
Like, like a, a super Jake? No, no, like a sub, no, like a sub dominant or uh, subordinate uh, gobbler. That was kind of just like easing, like kind of staying off the side. Like wasn't like the prime um, roosting location, and just wanted to kind of come over there and you know hang out with the gobbler and kind of go and check out those hens. But yeah, um, so like this is what I like. The listeners can't see this, but like you see how her feathers go like right up her neck. Mm-hmm. And then, like, obviously the gobbler. I, I feel, but I feel like, but, but that, some hens, they're like, this see, is also a hen. I know, but see, that's kind of what it looked like. I mean, I'll be honest, like, dude, like small body. I mean, that looks again. And I'm like, like, yeah, the the feathers do come down her neck, but she has no waddles. And yeah. then some hens, the feathers go like all the way up to, to their, their head. Yeah, to their head. So there's variation there, but like the easiest way is definitely like obviously like waddles and stuff. But yeah. I don't know that early in the morning. Like, I've already given you some crap for it, whatever, but, like, that early in the morning, like, this is another one. Like, this is kind of a dead giveaway for a hen for me. Like, you can see how the feathers kind of go up almost, like, back, back of her, her head. head. Yeah. You know, that they look more like a turkey vulture. Yeah. You know, than, well, than like, a, like a turkey gobbler. Yeah, I don't know. You know, so that, but I don't know, that's tough, because, you know, at the same time, this is the gobbler right here. You know this picture. Yeah. And you know people can. No, that kind of, okay. Let me say that again. Oh no! No! Is that what it was? Kind of. I can see how like small his waddles look and everything. Yeah. That's maybe just a younger bird. Yeah, I mean that's some kind of, some people call it like mean, a quote unquote super Jake. That's kind of. Yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. I mean, to be yeah. honest, got like a like a six seven inch beard. You know. No, like, dude, he had a, no. He had a dude. No, he had a bigger beard than the other turkey got killed. Really? I tell you, he had a giant. See, it, I don't know. I don't want to speak in like all these generalities, but like I've I've only seen a few bearded hens, and they always have like little spindly beards. Like I've never seen in person. I'm sure that like there's some pictures I could look up, but like most of, I've never seen with like a thick you know paintbrush beard. I mean, he had a super long beard, and that sucker was just like a swinging dude. Oh. He was walking, he was like doing this, going back and forth. Dangerous beard right here on the table. God, man, that's well. I mean, you made the right call because you didn't know, you know. So you you made the right call, but that kind of sucks because I bet it wasn't. I bet it was a freaking gobbler. And I mean, I bet he was walking to that other gobbler goblin. You know, like he heard that. I mean, you killed, you gobbled at your turkey and killed yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, I I bet that's what it was. I bet he just heard that other gobbler. Just, He's it, going to him and see. I was like, man. I wish he'd, you know, of course, like strut, do something, dude. Like, but what what would you have done if you're like, oh, there's a hen, and he just let a gobble rip twenty five oh, yards from me? I would have swung. I would have been. <laughs> I would have been swinging, dude. Oh man! But hey, one thing I noticed on like on those bigger trees like that, I feel like you can get away with a touch. Well, you know, it's early in the morning. A touch more movement on those giant trees, and especially like those darker trees where you kind of like really like it's almost like it consumes you like from a distance. Yeah. This first being like on a smaller tree, like one that's like just at your shoulders with I mean, this was a tree that was three feet wide. Yeah. I mean diary it was huge. Maybe I mean maybe four. It was huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, three of like you, you, me and you know, Zach, we couldn't get our arms like we could barely probably get our arms all the way around yeah. like three of us. Yeah. And um I think that like helped tremendously. But again, also another thing about that spot is there's a bunch of canopy cover right there. Mm-hmm. So like where other spots like the the hillside like across the drainage from me, like kinda like went up this little creek drainage, there's like no canopy cover and it was like really well lit up there where, like, where I was at, it was still really dim. Yep. And uh that's kinda where that turkey came through and I was just like, you know, that that helped, but again this, it sucked with the whole situation. Because mm. when it got away and it I don't know. Yeah, when he, when he, he got out there, like seventy five, eighty yards, I could see him until he's like eighty yards away from me, mm-hmm. and I was like, like CP something. I'm like, I think that was a gobbler, that and I was like, oh dude, I'm like this. Oh. Well, so that's deflating, but it should make you feel good 
that you got yourself in that position in the first place, though. You know, I mean, you you had him dead to rights, and you had the other one. You were on top of him. So when it cut, like, forget about the the turkey that you passed. The other turkey, dude. Four year olds are better. You know, <laughs> that's right. You're only hunting mature turkeys. <laughs> um, what uh, what 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 would you would you learn from that? Like, is there anything you do different? Like how you set up on the bird, how you called at him, anything? Yeah. So number one, number one, if I ever have a turkey. Gobble on the tree that close. I ain't saying crap again. Yeah, I'm waiting. Like you said, wait until he's on the ground, and then maybe say something. Mm-hmm. But don't do it when he's in the tree because he could clearly look down and like see in my general area, and probably and also the tree above. I was sitting on that big pine tree. Yeah, and probably not seeing the turkey, not seeing any kind of hint or anything. Um, so number one, I would have like going into like another situation like that, or if I get that close again on a roosted turkey. Don't say anything, especially if he can see you um, or, or seeing that general area. And also just assume that he can see you. If he's that close and he's gobbling like that, like, again, you can hear that bass, like, when he was oh. gobbling. Like, you can hear, like, that, like, that, like, the uh-huh. raspiness. Uh-huh. And I'm like, if you hear that, don't say nothing until he gets down. Yeah. And I'm sure somebody's like, well, I do it all the time and I have a lot of success. Well, well you know, probably do, but. Yeah, that's more playing it safe, in my opinion. Yeah. You know. And just wait till he's on the ground and then maybe do something. Because um, you could call at him in the tree and he might literally fly to you. I mean, you never know. But, I, like, I don't know, the kind of turkeys that we're hunting, I just, I like to play it safe. And I'm like, I'm going to, especially, I I don't know, you, we can't get, like, into a turkey's head and know what they're thinking. But in my head, I'm like, if he's standing up there and he's he's gobbling on the limb and he gobbles two or three times, and he doesn't hear another turkey, then I'm like, maybe he's getting a little aggravated, you know? He's like, he's up there, and he's getting a little more desperate as time goes on. Um, and then when he hits the ground, you know, maybe he'll come to me. Yeah. So, th- I don't know. I don't know if that's what they actually think, but that's how I'd rationalize it in my head, I guess. Well, another thing that I think I realized, so, like, where he went up to, or where both of those turkeys went up to, I, I circled around went up there and scouted a good bit. They went up on this big bench on the side of this uh, big, like, this, Ridge point, ridge system. And um, there was so much fresh scratch in there, like an unbelievably amount of fresh scratch, like crazy amount. And I'm like, I bet you there was hens probably roosted somewhere on that bench, you know, 50, 60, 70 yards from that gobbler. Mm-hmm. They might have been doing some super soft yelps like that. Yeah. But it was windy enough this morning, I could probably could not hear them. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely could not hear them. And, uh, you know, he gobbled at them, and he just got – I mean, he was out of the tree at 6.15, which I was kind of surprised. I thought he'd be in the tree a little bit longer. That's what I thought. But, yeah, um, you know, at 6.15, he was gone. He's like, we out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and gobbled twice on the ground, kind of walking away. Um, so I don't think I spooked him that bad, but uh, I definitely think he probably saw me. Yeah. Um, Dang. So. Well, we got a, a lot of turkey season yet to come. Uh, you're about to make a big old trip, so we'll fill people in on that when the time comes, uh, kind of keep everybody updated. Uh, but is there is there anything else that we're kind of leaving off here that, that you remember? Um, no, I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, just applying woodsmanship when you're out there and kind of, you know, analyze your approach, uh, especially if the turkeys are quiet, you know. I'm fine with them like gobbling on the limb now and like getting quiet when they hit the ground because yeah. like they're probably not going to go super far, but it's frustrating when they don't gobble at all and then you're kind of hunting blind in general yeah. areas. Yeah, that's because a this, sad the same area, like you know these turkeys, like this turkey from this morning, these two turkeys. I mean, I was literally maybe 200 yards from the truck. Okay? Yeah, and 
typically on a lot of places that we hunt for turkey, especially public land, we're not close to the truck. Like we're pretty far back in there. Like it's, you know, typically on one of those hunts, you're doing like a total round trip, four and a half to five miles pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and, uh, one thing that I guess has been kind of interesting is seeing how you'll find sign set up and you might not find turkeys and oh, well, okay. This is one thing. I have not had a turkey gobble at me or anything else past 930. Yeah. Right? And I've gone probably six or seven times now. Um, so one thing that I'm going to try pay attention more so, especially in the next few days, is trying to get on a bird early mm-hmm. and get in like, and not, not necessarily like get him like where he's gobbling, but getting close to him before 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock when it gets really hot. Because yeah. I feel like something about that time frame, unless they're just absolutely fired up, which I haven't seen yet. I haven't heard a burst crazy fire up that time. It gets so hot, I think they get sucked down to a lot of these creeks. Yeah. And it's, like, kind of loud around some of these creeks. Um, you know, a lot more leaf cover. And I think that they're just, like, chilling, and they're not necessarily worried about breeding hens or anything at that point. Yeah. And they're just kind of cooling off, probably waiting for it to, you know, get a little cool in the afternoons and kind of go back do their thing. So it's, like, trying to take the make the most out of that earlier morning time period up to like 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and try and get into that bubble and then at that time do your little blind call but kind of be in that spot that he wants to kind of get down to earlier yeah definitely that's a that's a really good point and another thing you know a lot of them they still have hens this time of year uh by by the time this drops it's it's mid-april and in alabama like that honestly it's winding down for a lot of people it's starting to get more warm out in the woods like people have gotten their butt whooped and they're, they're not killing turkeys. And so a lot of people start dropping off. So especially, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a public land guy or a club guy. Like, guys quit turkey hunting about this time. And it's kind of a, it, it kind of compounds because at the same time, a lot of hens are starting to go to nest. And so all those turkeys that, in the area that you're hunting, that, like, won't come to you and you're, like, all over them every day and you cannot get them killed, you go out there next week and all, all of a sudden, they come running to you because all their hens are on this. Like, my, my turkey still had four hens with him. You know, he was walking around with four hens on April 2nd. Uh, and so I think a lot of them are probably like that right now. And then later in the season, you've got you've got two things working for you. There's less people in the woods, and there's more hens on, on the nest. So there's less hens for those turkeys to actually go breed. So they should be more receptive to you. So, you know, stay at it, people. It's it's only getting better, you know. It's only getting better, and you might not. It might not be like an insane gobble fest, like it might have been on like March thirtieth. But you know, I I I would take a morning where I hear one hundred fifty gobbles and don't kill a turkey. I, I would take instead of that. I would take a morning where I don't hear a gobble till nine o'clock, and then he gobbles five times and literally comes running in. I'd take that morning over the one hundred fifty gobble morning where I don't kill something. So, and I have a lot of those mornings in early season, you know, but, but later in the season, it, it, it starts getting easier to call them in. I feel like. Yeah. Awesome. So anyways, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, make sure y'all tune in Monday for the next deer episode of Southern Outdoorsman. So we're doing deer and turkey episodes every week, deer on Monday, turkey on Friday, uh, here coming up in about a month, we're going to switch back to our normal format, which is deer content on Mondays and then our outros on Fridays where we're doing kind of the color commentary on the deer episode, but on, but then also just kind of talking about what we got going on as far as scouting, trip planning, you know, almost getting bit by snakes, you know, whatever we got going on at that time. Uh, so y'all stay tuned for that. Um, we appreciate everybody who's leaving reviews. We're going to get back to reading reviews very soon. Um, really specifically when those outros start, 
We read reviews every single week, so we we got a couple new ones, but we're going to save them. We're trying to get to 1,000 reviews. Yeah, we're getting very close. I think we need like 25 or something, 20, 25-ish reviews to get to 1,000. So y'all help us get past that. We'll be reading them. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. We also got a bunch on Spotify, so appreciate everyone who's been leaving reviews on Spotify as well. That's, that's a big help to the show. Uh, so anyways, you got anything else? No, no. Just make sure y'all check out the YouTube channel, and we'll catch you back there in the next episode of the Southern Outdoors and Podcasts. Look, last summer, y'all heard us talk a bunch about the Mobile Hunters Expo. It was an incredible event. A bunch of you guys came out to meet us. We got to talk to, I don't even know how many listeners. If you heard all that last year and you were like, dang, that sounded cool. I should have went to that. Here's your chance. You need to make it to this one. It's June 28th through June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. All right. Giving you a heads up here. So go ahead and mark it on your calendar. June 28th through June 30th, Dalton, Georgia is going to be the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. We're going to be there. A bunch of our past podcast guests are going to be there. There's going to be seminars. All of the mobile hunting companies are going to be there for you to try out gear before you buy it. It's like the one event of the year where all of the the, like the mobile hunter ecosystem just kind of congregates in one place. And Chris and Josh and the guys have done an absolutely phenomenal job putting this thing together over the last couple years. And it keeps getting better every year. So like I said, make sure you come see us. We're going to have a gigantic stack of free stickers to give away to every listener that stops by the booth. And we're going to have merch there to purchase. We're going to be recording podcasts, shooting videos, all kinds of stuff. So like I said, don't miss it. You can head on over to the mobilehuntersexpo.com to look at show schedules and dates and go ahead and grab your tickets. So y'all go check it out at the mobilehuntersexpo.com.